are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans redo, as the game on Monday night was postponed, but it sounds like we are a go tonight as the Pelicans take on the Washington Wizards. We're going to do today's show a little bit differently. Yesterday was a somewhat important milestone in the NBA. It had been a year since Kobe Bryant had passed. I want to play you a clip from the Rejecting the Screen podcast who's running a bit of a Kobe retrospective right now. And if you're a Mamba fan, like most of us uh, you know, who follow the NBA are, you've got to give it a listen. So I'm going to play you an excerpt from their show. That'll be in the third segment. First segment, some news on the Pelicans front. Trade front, we'll break all of that down. Who's on the block? Shouldn't really be any surprise there. What could they get in return? We'll talk about that a little bit too. And then in the second segment, we'll preview tonight's game against the Wizards. They played last night. How'd they look? Did someone on their team look really, really, really sad? Yes, he did. I'll tell you who that was, though. You can probably guess. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So let's start with the big news first, the trade rumors. And this is coming courtesy of The Athletic and Shams over there, basically saying in there that the Pelicans are exploring deals for both Lonzo Ball and or J.J. Redick. First and foremost... No surprise. Like, there isn't any. J.J. Redick is not a long-term piece for New Orleans. If they can get an asset for him rather than him leaving for nothing at the end of the season, which he most certainly would, that seems that it's a smart move to do. You may not get a ton, and he's looking kind of washed up right now, though I don't know if he is. But overall, I do think this is a smart move to just kind of move on from him and just kind of recoup whatever asset you can. The other one in Lonzo Ball we talked about um, earlier in the week, last week, I can't even remember now, I think it was on Monday's show, they all blur together after a period of time, about what his value is. And I don't think it's very, very high. This puts the Pelicans in a weird spot because supposedly the asking price for Lonzo Ball is significantly high. For a guy that a team would only have 50 games or so to evaluate and then you need to make a determination on if you want to pay them a lot of money or not, this doesn't strike me as a great move for another team. Maybe I'm wildly off base with what I think the value of him is, but if he had another year, he'd have a lot of value. The problem is he doesn't. If you're trading for him, it kind of means you just assume you're going to pay him. At least that's my read on this situation. But the fact that the Pelicans are willing to move on when Lonzo Ball for what they're doing right now just doesn't quite fit the roster. It's okay. It's not a big deal. You can just move on from it. And anything you get from him at this point, I think, is okay. The biggest piece they got back in that Anthony Davis trade, and I'm not even going to AD recently. Um, maybe I need to do a segment on that at some point soon. We'll see. But for Lonzo Ball, you know, he's, you don't want to fall into that sunk cost fallacy that Del Demps did a lot of the time. You can let him walk at the end of the season or you can try and get something for him, but you definitely, if you're the Pelicans, don't want to pay him. And for any team that's trying to trade for him, are you willing to give up an asset for a guy that you may or may not have or that you may or may not want at the end of this season going into next offseason? If that asset's not good, good sure like every team would probably give up a top 
55, like, you know, a heavily protected second, a fake second, something like that, or even just a regular second round pick, not even protected. But I don't know if you're going to get much more than that. I've seen people say, no, they can, they can get a late draft pick. Uh, for what, what, what is Lonzo Ball going to add to a competitive team that is willing to give up a first round pick for? I just don't, re- I really, really don't see it. I see why people would want to take a flyer on him. I see why that idea is very intriguing. The problem is you're going to get 50 games of him or less. And if you don't end up liking it, you've given up something and you don't really want to do that. And I think that's going to drive his value down. Now, J.J. Redick, I think, is going to have decent value. You might be able to get a first round pick for him. More shooting, especially for playoff teams, is always going to be a good thing. And so I think if you combine him into a trade for the right team, a guy that wants some shooting and maybe a bit of a flyer, a bit of a reclamation project, even though I don't really think it's quite a reclamation project and just more of a finding the right fit. If you think that's you know your team, you definitely want to try and make a move for these guys because overall their value could not be lower than what it is right now. The Pelicans are not in a position of strength when it comes to trading both of these guys. The other interesting news I thought in that article on The Athletic was that the Pelicans had discussions with the Golden State Warriors about Kelly Oubre Jr. I can see why they would maybe want to bring him in. It's some defense at the wing, though certainly not a really a lot of offense or good scoring or anything like that or good shooting even. And certainly the Pelicans need more shooting. Kelly Oubre Jr. is not that. He's shooting 22% from three. But he gives you some depth on the wing in a sense, uh, particularly on defense that the Pelicans don't have and decent length there. Josh Hart's a little bit undersized when it comes to playing out there on the wing and he's more of a two guard, I think, in terms of body. Kelly Oubre Jr., you could kind of slot him in and he'd do some things. Career 32% shooter from deep. So he's not an answer. But you know what? You're not getting quality minutes from J.J. Redick right now. I don't really think you're getting that many quality minutes from Lonzo Ball right now. So if you can get someone who's going to give you more quality minutes, even if they're not shooters, you know what? It's probably an upgrade because you're not getting shooting from J.J. Redick. You're not getting shooting from Lonzo Ball. So if the Pelicans want to go this route and they made it very clear that or then it came out on Twitter later that it was the Pelicans who reached out to the Golden State Warriors about this or most likely. And it probably wasn't the Golden State Warriors actively looking to trade Kelly Oubre Jr. You know what? I'm not that excited about it. But given the two guys that are rumored to be on the block. Yeah, why not take a flyer on him? I see some more value there than I do in the two guys we currently have. The other reason why I think the Pelicans are looking to move both of these guys, even if their value is the lowest it's probably ever been, is definitely because they want to free up minutes for Nikhil Alexander-Walker and for Kyra Lewis Jr. You can do that with both of them on the roster by reducing the or by by keeping JJ Redick and Lonzo Ball and just reducing their minutes, but you may as well get some sort of asset for them if the opportunity presents itself. Either way, this probably signals a change in the Pelicans thinking to some degree this season and probably means we're in line for more Nikhil and Kyra minutes coming in the near future. So there you go. Latest trade rumors that really, really shouldn't surprise you whatsoever. Um, next segment here on Lockdown Pelicans is preview tonight's game. After missing Monday's game, we finally get to see the Pelicans in action, starting off what should be a somewhat favorable homestand in a very winnable game. So we'll preview the Wizards game. And then in the third segment, behind the scenes stories about Kobe Bryant that you can get over at rejecting the screen. I'm going to play a clip of their show. 
Before we get to tonight's game, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The Super Bowl matchup is set, and it means you're going to bet on it. We know you are. I know you're going to, because I'm going to do it. All of my friends are going to do it. It's the Super Bowl. That's what you do, and it's a lot of fun. It makes the game a little bit more interesting, particularly when the Saints aren't in there. So if you want to get in on this game, get in on the action, there's only one place that has you covered, one place I trust, and that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. You've already won a free bet. You haven't even had to do anything. You just signed up. They're giving you free money right there. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Take that Zion Williamson points in tonight's game over like I'm going to be doing and use that promo code when you sign up over at betonline.ag and that is locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So it's a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Washington Wizards tonight. Hopefully the Wizards played last night, so that seems to be a good sign. The Pelicans practiced yesterday, so it sounds like all of the COVID tests came back negative. Um, so they were just out due to contact tracing yesterday, not anyone testing positive. That is a very, very good sign for New Orleans. We're happy that everyone is healthy. Game is at 8 instead of 7 due to them trying to get a couple more tests in to clear players to be able to get out there and play. So keep that in mind. The Washington Wizards last night did not look particularly good against the Houston Rockets. And the story of last night's game, their loss. And so they're on the second night of back-to-back after kind of getting beat pretty hard by the Houston Rockets. Um, Bradley Beal, you've probably seen it on Twitter by now, but it was a 107-88 loss for the Washington Wizards. 20-point loss, basically. You saw Bradley Beal on the sideline when he was finally done out of the game, just kind of like shaking his head. You know when someone is just like shook or shocked and they've just got nothing, right? Like don't know how they ended up where they are. They feel like they've hit like rock bottom in their life. They're about to have to make like drastic changes because just they are not where they want to be and they're like so wrecked by it. Bradley Beal had like that kind of face on him last night. He was just sitting there on the bench, shaking his head, talking to himself and at one point looked like he was praying. Probably I mean, I don't, I don't know what, but probably to get off of this Washington Wizards team. That's how rough they are. They're 3-10. and 10. They also had a 13-day break as they went through a lot of COVID-related issues. This is not where a player who should be an All-NBA caliber talent, who is an All-NBA caliber talent, even though he's left off the team last year, Bradley Beal should be. Put up 33 in last night's game um, and really just didn't get much other help other than Russell Westbrook. But I don't think many players really want to play with Russell Westbrook. So the Wizards still kind of dealing with a some of those issues of COVID and all of that, I'm sure, um, and missing some guys, though no one huge, I'd say, um, due to COVID issues for last night's game. I don't know if they'll be playing tonight. Bradley Beal averaging 35 points per game. Russell Westbrook's putting up 18, 10, and 11. And that's kind of it. There's just not a lot of other help there for him. Like, I I don't know how to really look at it. Otherwise, they are not uh, a particularly great team in anything that they do. They can at least go out and score some points, but they don't defend much at all. And that's going to kind of be a problem with Beal and uh, Russell Westbrook out there. So this has the makings of maybe being a, a bit like the Kings game that the Pelicans played 
pretty recently where they got a victory. There's just not a ton of things that the Washington Wizards do well other than getting to the free throw line. Like, that's really it. They pass the ball well. The Rock moves, but that's due to Russell Westbrook and him just attacking the paint. The problem is I wonder how the Pelicans guards are going to fare against him in this one. Defensively, you are going to need Lonzo Ball in this game to at least try and slow him down. And the Pelicans have not done a good job of protecting the rim. I've been screaming about this for two, three weeks now. And, well, Russell Westbrook likes to get in and try and score inside, as does, at times, Bradley Beal. So this could be a bit of a problem for New Orleans, but they have enough offensive firepower. The uh, Wizards just don't defend that you should be able to kind of make up for all of that. Robin Lopez, though, has been playing pretty well recently for the Washington Wizards. So kind of keep an eye on him. Hopefully he doesn't just like go off um, somehow down low, though. I don't think it'll really happen. Their bench is pretty weak. Like you're not really worried about any of the guys coming off the bench and burning New Orleans, which is a bit of a relief given how things have gone for them over the past couple of weeks. So I don't know, like this one should be a win. Basically, the Pelicans should be a little bit more rested. They have a huge rest advantage in this game now compared to the Washington Wizards. This is kind of one of those things of, you know what? Like, you shouldn't get burned by this Wizards team. You shouldn't lose this game. It'll be a big problem if they do. Wizards do take you know, not the most threes in the league. They're in the bottom third when it comes to that. They make them at a high rate, so that might be the great equalizer in this one, but that's really it. You know, teams have been able to get hot against the Wizards, shoot the ball well. They don't defend the three-point line well either, so maybe this is a game that Lonzo Ball gets on track with that, that J.J. Redick could get back on track, and maybe this game kind of comes down to it being a three-point shooting contest. Who does better? If it's New Orleans, they should win. If it's the Washington Wizards, the game could go a little bit longer than we'd like and be more competitive than we'd like. But the Pelicans are better than this team. They should win this game, particularly with a lot of the issues that Washington has been dealing with over the past two weeks. But that's why you've got to play the games. This should be a a win, and the Pelicans have a nice little homestand. Had a nice little homestand. You would have liked to have gotten that game on Monday as well. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. you got to watch these. I, I don't really know how to buy into this Pelicans roster, but I will tell you this. You should see a big game from Zion Williamson because I don't think there is anyone down low that is capable of defending him on this Washington Wizards team. Take that over on his points for this one. So coming up on today's edition of Locked On Pelicans, behind the scenes stories about Kobe Bryant. I'm I'm a hoops guy. I'm also an LA guy too, but everyone who's a basketball guy likes Kobe Bryant. Mamba mentality. He's as much of a legend in the league as Michael Jordan is. And when you talk to current players, they revere him like everyone else reveres MJ. They don't speak about any other player like they speak about Kobe. It's, It's really something. So the impact he's had on this league is massive. We're now day over a year of his, his tragic death and premature death. So I want to play one of the behind-the-scenes stories from Rejecting Screen. They're going to have a whole retrospective on Kobe as well. It's worth a listen, but I want to play a clip from this because I thought this was particularly great. So that's coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, just go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On and try these things out. You can order a mixed box where they're going to send you one of every flavor. And then you know what? You can use that promo code Locked On again to order the ones you really want. These things are that good. I promise you, you're going to end up going back to the website. They're like no other protein bar you've had. You can have those crappy protein bars that get you what you need. They're crappy in terms of flavor. They get you what you need in terms of protein. But why be 
miserable while eating one of these things when you just straight up don't have to be. And that's kind of where Built Bar comes in. They come in unbelievable flavors. I've been digging on the mint brownie. Big fan of the salted caramel as well and the lemon almond cheesecake cookies and cream. Um, all of them are really good. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. These bars are low calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, which basically means if you eat one of these, you're not wasting all of that cardio that you've done. There's nothing worse feeling than just wasting an hour of being on a bike or the treadmill because you ate the wrong kind of protein bar. You're not going to go wrong by doing it with Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so it's been a year now since the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, as I was just talking about. He He's revered in the NBA by players like no one we've ever really seen since uh, Jordan. So I wanted to play a clip from the Rejecting the Screen podcast because they're doing a great retrospective. They get a lot of behind-the-scenes interviews, stories you've never heard. Just, you know, the, the, the kind of, it's, it's almost like Americana to some degree um, as, you know, like, like it, it, when it comes to the NBA, these kind of things, those stories. Those legends you hear, they do a great job of covering that all and getting those out of people on the Rejecting the Screen podcast. So I'm going to play this clip for you. Make sure you check it out. This is I haven't listened to the whole show yet, and I'll be listening to part one and part two basically back to back because I'm very, very excited to hear these stories. So here you go. Here's the clip from Rejecting the Screen. This is Adam Stanko from the Rejecting the Screen podcast. It's unfathomable to think that a year has passed since that you'll never forget where you were moment when we all found out Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven others died tragically in a helicopter crash. Everyone associated with the NBA has a Kobe story because he meant so much to so many of us. Our way to honor Kobe was to compile some of our favorite stories from interviews my co-host Noah Kozlov and I conducted with teammates, opponents, coaches, and writers who had something to say about the man who famously wore number 8 and number 24. We put together all of those stories, many of which you've never heard before, on a two-part podcast on Rejecting the Screen, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're about to play an excerpt from Part 1, which drops on Tuesday, January 26th, with Part 2 coming on January 28th. Subscribe to the pod today so you can listen to both episodes as soon as they're released. We pick up the story as Kobe was ranked as the top prep player in the nation, and his status as a local legend was exploding. There were even rumors of the Lower Marion High School prodigy practicing with the Sixers and dominating the Sixers star wing Jerry Stackhouse in games of one-on-one. Rex Walters was on the Sixers in 96 and told us how he remembered it. Kobe did come to practices, or he would come afterwards and come work out at St. Joe's because me not knowing who Kobe was, like, you know, once again, I, I didn't follow high school basketball. I was an NBA player. I wasn't into that. I'm sitting there. I'm, 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 I'm leaving to go uh, home. I'm, I'm kind of straightening it up in the locker room. And, and Kobe, sure enough, walks in. And I'm like, just making conversation with this kid. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, what you doing here? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go work out. And I'm like, oh, you're a pretty good player? Like, this guy had to be looking at me like, what, what are you, some kind of idiot or something? Because, you know, and then I'm like, well, you know, what schools you're looking at? He's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Kansas, I'm talking to Carolina. He's like, but there's one other thing I'm thinking about. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, well, hey, you know, Dean Smith was a great coach for Michael Jordan. You know, you should think about Carolina. Obviously, Coach Williams is my coach, great coach. You should think about those schools trying to trying to help out my guy. Uh, you know, next next thing you know, next preseason game, this guy's freaking like, 
yelling over to his point guard, Nick Van Exel, like, hey, you know, I'm guarding. I'm like, I got a mouse over here. I got a mouse. I'm like, man, that's, that's a little disrespectful. I tried to help you, my man, and, and, and you're calling mouse in the house on me. So obviously he had to be thinking to himself, what is this guy talking about? So back to Kobe as the nation's top high school player and those rumors we are hearing of Kobe regularly beating Stackhouse one-on-one. We talked to Jeff Perlman, who wrote the incredible book, Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Laker dynasty. He said that story was all fabricated. It's crap. Like, it's actually crap. It's just total BS. And um, it's funny because uh, I basically I reached out to, because you hear all these stories, right? You hear all these stories about Kobe and he's, he's with the Sixers and he's lighting them up and blah, blah, blah. And he was definitely a, a great player and definitely showed his skills. And the guys were like, yeah, this guy's going to be something. But um, I reached out to Stackhouse via Twitter. I, I profiled Stackhouse for the Wall Street Journal years ago. And I just reached out to him. Hmm. I don't have a tweet in front of me, but he wrote like, <laughs> I'm sure like you, you, this is the first thing I think of when people say, will so-and-so regret having spoken about Kobe? Like he basically said, I've never heard Kobe say they were true, but I've also never heard him say they were false. So ask him. Um, <laughs> and like the thing that I, I think is really cool about Kobe and the, uh, and the Sixers workouts, he did not dominate Jerry Stackhouse, pure BS, but he took it to those guys. Um, imagine being, I remember I ran college, I ran uh, cross country at university of Delaware. And I remember my first year freshman, freshman year, I went out to run with the rest of the team and they're all seniors. And these guys are like all state and all county and all these great runners. And I was terrified. Like I was absolutely terrified. I just wanted to hang with them. I was terrified. I was scared. I was just praying I'd be able to do it. This guy's running with the Philadelphia 76ers as a <laughs> high school kid and like holding his own and doing it. Like that's insane. And then the other thing when he was in high school that I really like is he would work out I got to remember the specifics. He would, I'm going to actually reread the book before it comes out. So, I, you know, um, which is sad that you have to do, but you do have to do is he, um, he would work out and he drove from one workout to another workout place in the summer and made sure the heat in his car would be at full blast as he was driving just to build up his endurance. So like, I think he worked out at a track. It was like a 90 degree day outside in Philly, very humid, hot, gets in the car, blasts the heat all the way drives to the other workout like he did little things like that that were just absolutely insane all the time it's 1996 and you're kobe bryant you have an unparalleled level of self-confidence you've proven to yourself that you can run with the sixers and just a year prior you watched as another high schooler kevin garnett got selected fifth overall in the 95 draft so what does kobe do he becomes the first guard ever to skip college and enter the draft. And by the way, he was just 17 at the time. 17 years old. Kobe, of course, gets selected 13th overall by the Charlotte Hornets, who immediately trade him to the Lakers for Vladi. Coming into that draft, everyone expected him to end up in L.A., and we talked to a couple of people on the pod who were with teams in that year's lottery. First up, former Vancouver Grizzlies coach and GM, Stu Jackson. The Grizzlies had the number three pick and ended up taking Sharif Abdul-Rahim. But we straight up asked Stu, why didn't the Grizz take Kobe Bryant? You know, he, he was a high school player. We were a very young franchise. And, you know, uh, I, I think to draft a high school player 
at that point in our development as a franchise would have really uh, been going out on a limb, not having this player proven himself against, you know, a higher level of competition. Although I will tell you, you know, Kobe was extremely talented. But the other aspect of Kobe was he was not going to any franchise other than the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, he got drafted by a different franchise, but that quickly turned around and he Mm -hmm. ended up in Los Angeles. And everyone in the draft knew that at that point. So we didn't think that was an option for Kobe Bryant coming to a new country or to to Vancouver uh, to play basketball. So he was sort of off the board. Leaving the country to play might not have been in Kobe's plans, but would he have played for the Dallas Mavericks, who had the ninth overall pick? Remember at the time, the Mavs had Jason Kidd running the point, and later in their careers, Kobe tried desperately to get the Lakers to trade for Kidd. Well, former Nets head coach Butch Beard was an assistant with the Mavericks in 96, and he told us that he thinks they had a shot at getting the high school sensation to come to Dallas. Here's the best story of all, and a true story as well. I was an assistant coach with Jim Clemens and also uh, uh, at the Dallas <laughs> Mavs. We're in the draft, and I asked, I asked the people who, you know, run the draft, I mean, all our uh, scouts. I said, who's the best guy in the draft? They said, Kobe Bryant. He's a high school kid, but he's not, you know, he's not, uh, you know, we we, we don't know. We think he's going to be the best. And they didn't know whether at that particular time they were going to break up three J's, okay? So I made a comment to them. I said, why don't we bring him in and try him out? I know that the word was out there that he only wanted to go to L.A. I said, but I think he would want to play with Jason and Jimmy if you all think that he's going to be the best player in the draft. We were afraid to do that. We ended up drafting Samaki Walker. I'll never forget. I was running around all over, you know, working out Eric Dampier and some other players. And, you know, but I said, man, that's what we should have done. I sat there, even those five minutes before we drafted, I said, we should draft this kid. Why were they afraid to even, not even to bring him in? Because the word had gotten out there that he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to work out for other teams mm-hmm. and things like that. I said, I think he would come, I think he would come and at least give us a, you know, a look-see. I really do. You can hear the rest of our Kobe Stories special on Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to the podcast today and hear part one on Tuesday, January 26th and part two on January 28th. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Hope you enjoyed that from Rejecting the Screen. Make sure you check out the stories on Kobe Bryant that they've got. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Enjoy the game tonight, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap it.